0: Mr. James Willie looking suave as normal, bro. I really appreciate you joining me. I cannot wait to talk about one specific talk, topic with you today, and that is talk time and how to get your agents to get on the phone talking to prospects for you know four or five hours a day in an eight-hour work window. James, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Always a good time hanging out with you.
0: Heck yeah, man. Well, I want to brag on you. For those of you that don't know James, you're hiding under a rock. He is one of the most Successful FE call centers in the country. One of the OGs, even back to the point where people were saying you shouldn't be selling FE over the phone. James and Grant and and all those guys at SLS figured this thing out. Thank goodness, too, because the uh, field sales force that they had built up also is now working the phones a lot as well during COVID, obviously. And because of, you know, James, you know, sort of innovation and, and pace setting in the industry, he was able to pivot a huge field force that's been in place for freaking 25 years and help them get get over the phone during COVID. I'm going to keep bragging on you for a second, James, and I'm going to make you blush. You're on your way to $30 million of FE production this year. You've got 200 callers. So there's not a single person in this country that is more qualified to talk about this topic with me than you. Are you ready to go, my friend?
1: Wow. Well, after that, that's a, that's a, some a big shoes to fill. So yeah. Well, late.
0: bro, they're your shoes. And I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to unpack. Cause what, let me, let me tell you what, let me just ask you a couple questions and kind of get out of this. The reason I'm most excited about this video is because I am interested in implementing this. I've got 15 callers. We do all our business over the phone as well. And as I started to put a focus on talk time, I realized that that measure is probably the most important differentiator between success and failure of all the other differentiators that I have in that, in that room. And I'm finding it very difficult to get my agents to specifically have more than two hours of talk time. And I want to try and figure out how to get that shifted, whether it's a culture shift, whether an expectation shift, whatever that is. So, so James, what's your minimum talk time or how does your talk time work or is that an expectation? Just kind of talk to me a little bit about your perspective of talk time.
1: To your point, we figured out early on, maybe not early on, I guess doing this since 2009, but when we first shifted to a, a VoIP phone. So when I first started, I was on a copper line, old, yellowing, manual, hand dialing. And when we shifted to VoIP, all of a sudden, this, this phone software and CRM had all these tools. And, and I nerded out and started playing around with all this stuff. And so that was probably 2009. 11, 2012, where Grant can can verify, but I started making spreadsheets and I started correlating dials and talk time and then AP. And I started to try and connect dots and I started to just, my mind started working. And, And to your point, it was like all of our emphasis before then had been sales, 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 sales. But once we started to make those correlations and sort talk time and dials and then sorted AP, you started to just see, it was just undeniable that, that there was that match there so now you fast forward to today and when the pandemic kicked in we had two call centers that, that were operating at a high capacity and yeah we pushed talk time there but but we had a, a culture which as you've experienced coming down here has been you know fantastic so we're there's a lot of encouragement and a lot of encouraging each other and, and holding people accountable when we started working with people remotely and having our agents remote. That's when it became, you know, more challenging. And that's when we really started pushing talk time leaderboards and incentivizing talk time. So what we we consider the standard at SLS is five hours. So five hours of talk time is, is where you're going to get to in a in a in a solid day. And if you're talking, you know, and I know you're a little more tight window, you know, we we're, we're able to call from nine to, to really midnight. But if you were in that eight to five window, understanding that if you've got an eight-hour day to spend five of those on the phone is not an unrealistic expectation you know if you took breaks out and lunch out and all that stuff the amount of time it would take to dial to get people on the phone um, you know is kind of that other two hours and then you're you're really trying to spend five hours of, of actually talking you know and so we have a, a saying around here that when you are not on the phone you're unemployed <laughs> and so you're unemployed until you get so it's like you're dialing for your next job right so you're dialing trying to get somebody on the phone to get back employed and, and have those conversations so it's not something that happened overnight but but we've gotten there over time and and now we've really you know created that that culture where people are are striving to hit that and they see the people at the top of the leaderboard consistently not just AP leaderboard but we publish a talk time leaderboard on a daily
0: basis so that's awesome, man. Well, that's good, good info. So five hours of talk time is the benchmark. Um, I've heard four hours is a sweet spot, four to five hours. I pretty much hear all these call center guys that are killers saying about the same thing. And it seems to be around four to five hours. So you talked about incentivizing talk time. Do you do that by just non-monetary incentives, meaning like making the that KPI public, or do you actually monetize talk time in, in a certain way? Depends on the day.
1: You know, I think anything incentive-wise gets stale. I know that for a fact because the single largest incentive anybody has is, at least in our industry, is commission. And so, you know, you would think that I would show up today and understand that if I get in front of enough people, I will make sales. And if I make sales, I will make X amount of, of money. That was always the carrot for me. But a lot of people, that becomes stale. So then constantly changing the game up. I mean, sometimes it's everybody that hits five hours gets free lunch tomorrow. Sometimes it's, you know, fifty dollars to to everybody that hits five hours. Sometimes it's SLS swag. You know, I mean, just just coming up with with different things and and making it cool. I mean, a lot of the stuff we have is just pride. You know, we we have how many days in a row can you be? We call it the five hour club, right? I've got the five a.m. club. Now I got the five hour club. So we're getting fives, you know, all over the place. I mean, it's just like the five a.m. club. I don't pay anybody to be a part of it, but there's some pride to when I post videos in the morning to people posting their own, Hey, here I am out walking here. I am, you know, studying here. I am doing, you know, X, Y, and Z. And it's the same thing with a five hour club is, is when you start to see your name, I've gone five straight days, six straight days, seven straight days. And that's being published and you're being recognized for that. You know, we're all sales guys. We all have egos. We all have drive. We all have that pride. And a lot of the things we do around here have no, money tied to it, but it's just a, it's just bragging rights.
0: Well, that's incredible, man. I appreciate that. Cause honestly, I didn't even think I didn't, so you've found that about a 20 to $50 incentive for hitting a five hour talk time for the previous day in a given spiff, not like you're always having that running is kind of the carrot that's been working for your guys's team. That's kind of like what you use as a benchmark.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, it's just kind of feeling like the, Atmosphere, feeling the environment and understanding that maybe we were trying to finish out the month strong, right? So like March was a five week month for us, and we were trying to finish it strong. And we had this big contest that we were doing for March. So we knew coming into April week one that we were gonna have that, like, I've been going, 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 and we were gonna take that pullback. So so coming up with something creative there and just saying, okay, without anyone knowing, everyone shows up in the morning. And it's like, all right, anybody that hits five hours today gets X. Boom and it just changed right because march was more ap incentivized and all of a sudden monday of of april week 1 we're going to incentivize talk time and so you've shifted the focus and it keeps it fresh so now it's like okay i don't have to make a sale today you know and and i think that's hard for some people they get pressured i'm maybe unique in this i'm more impressed with somebody that had 5 hours of talk time and no sales than i am with somebody that had 45 minutes of talk time but got that You know, lucky, you know, I was just ready to buy call. They made that sale and then they left for the rest of the day. You know, you know, they're their own boss, so they can do that if they want to. But I'm going to go give more attention and focus to that person that did five hours and see, okay, did we get all our no's out of the way, or is there something in that presentation that that we need to tweak and work on? And I can work with somebody at five hours way more than I can work with the random sale from time to time person.
0: That's awesome, man. That's really good. So do you do you find so let's just let's just do a hypothetical, Mr. James Whitley. I'm cutting you a consulting check, and you're coming in, and I say I need you to fix. I've got 15 guys. Honestly, our average talk time per day is about an hour and a half. They are salaried employees that have a base salary plus commission. How would you react as a consultant to that particular? And then what would you do to help me as a leader shift that? We understand I have all the tracking in place. I have all the systems in place. Now it's just a matter of motivation, coaching, drawing out that desire. Teach me for a minute if you can.
1: So with with salaried folks, it's it's obviously... In, in my opinion, and I don't, you know, we we have a small staff that are, that are downstairs and they do all of our, at SS, we have all of our um, customer service and new business and commissions and account. everything's downstairs and they're all salaried. And so their job is to do what I'm not good at, which is my customer service and my follow-up and servicing my business and, and all of that. But in order to justify those positions, those metrics can be tracked and can be I don't want to use the word like mandatory, but you can't show up and then at the end of the day only have eight dials, and you know you didn't talk to any of our clients. So work gets kind of divvied up, and I'm sure you've got something similar there. But I would want to see, okay, you got you got are bragging all the time on the amount of inbound lead requests that you guys are generating for for uh, Sam. In in my world, I would say, okay, you walk in there was a hundred people that requested information. Everybody gets, you got five guys, let's say, and everybody would get 20 of them. But after a couple of weeks, you're going to incentivize the person, maybe not so much with the highest close rate all the time, but the person that's that's actively working the most, then they're going to build those pipelines. But then it would be a requirement that whatever their CRM got loaded with leads that day, they got to they gotta work through them all. You know? And so I would create a, A dial metric to one side. I'll back up one second and and I'll tell you this because this would work similar for what you do. You're always going to have the person, we have it all the time, that says, Man, I really tried to hit five hours. I really did, just couldn't get anybody on the phone. Everybody was telling me to go pound sand. And like it was just a terrible day. And we've all had those days, right? There, There are very few people that will hit five hours every single day. Crystal doesn't even hit five hours every single day. It happens. You know, she might be at four and a half, but she was just, you know, couldn't get anybody on the phone. So we came up with the dial metric to say, okay, if you don't hit the five hours, then the only way you can say no one answered the phone is show me that you dialed 200 numbers.
0: Yeah, makes sense.
1: So let me see that you dialed 200 numbers. Because then when you make that public is the only way you cannot hit five hours and have an excuse is did you dial 200 numbers? If you dial 200 numbers and only hit three hours and 45 minutes, then boom, you you still gave it, gave it, you know, a, the old college try today and that's okay. But the problem was, is people would be at like 32 dials and two and a half hours and then say, oh, I, I just couldn't get it today. Well, no, you didn't actually try. Yeah. And I think I learned a lot of that from watching downstairs because just like you have leads, we have letters that come in from all our carriers, right? And the letters are you know, policy issued, or there's an amendment necessary, or this person needs to change, you know, at an NSF, or, you know, whatever it is, and those letters get individually divvied up in, in our CRM downstairs. And every single employee we have down there, the expectation is when you show up in the morning, you have to work through all those. And then you also have your follow ups, where, you know, they didn't answer yesterday. So now you got to go through those. And then the ones from two days ago, you got to go through those. And and there's no rhyme or reason or there's no excuse why you can't get through all that. Yeah. But when you're salaried, that's the expectation is, is when you show up to work, here's what you got to do. Yep. You know, it's the old high school. How many widgets do you need to make every day? Yep. I don't care how you do it. Just go make the widgets. Or in this case, I don't care how you do it. Go make the calls. So from a salaried standpoint, it's, it's a lot easier to, to accomplish that.
0: So it sounds like you're okay. So incentive is one of the things. What about, what if you have people that aren't lazy and care and I understand there's some people that are playing games and I get that. But let's just say you have people that aren't lazy and care, just need to be coached on talk time. How would you encourage them to get into longer talk times if they're eager to learn? Is it energy in the first 90 seconds? Is it a starting to ask questions early? Is it is there something that has to do with that first 90 seconds of the call that so, you feel so like you're makes the difference?
1: they're putting in the the dials, but they're not getting the talk time.
0: Correct. Yeah.
1: Then, yeah, I mean, that is, to me, that's a reflection on me, right? Because I'm I'm confident enough to say, you know, I have a saying around here. If, if you have a personality, a work ethic, and you don't have the fear of rejection, then I can teach you everything else. And so if somebody comes in with those three things and the fear of rejection would mean, okay, I'm dialing a bunch of numbers. So therefore, I'm not worried about getting told no, then it's a reflection on me that I haven't trained them properly and what to do when that person answers the phone. So then, yeah, we're going to go back to the basics. We're going to go back to square one. I'm going to do, you know, call them ride-alongs when we're back in the field. But, you know, I call them a sit day. Is Either myself or one of our key trainers is going to sit with that individual the entire day with a headset on, being able to hear not just them, but the client, and start coaching them through that. And I think that's the biggest thing. And and so many times, that's the confidence. I, I use gym analogies right? Gym analogies a lot. I think you know. I've told the story. You know, when I first started selling, and and I had a bad back, and i had gotten up to two hundred sixty five pounds, and so I had to find a gym that had. I pay way too much money to go to my gym, not because I don't know what to do when I walk into a gym. If I walk into Planet Fitness at nine dollars a month, I know how all the machines work, right? Yeah. I mean, there's not a single machine at Planet Fitness that I don't understand or doesn't have a little instructional box. But I don't. <laughs> I don't do anything when I walk in, like I do. Uh, Grant and I call them water fountain laps, right? I just go to the water fountain, <laughs> and take a lap, go to the water fountain, and take a lap. So I go to a gym where I pay somebody, like I'm super disciplined when it comes to work, but I'm not at the gym. So my trainers, what I'm paying them for isn't to show me how to do it. What I'm paying them for is to hold me accountable and encourage me when I'm down. So if I don't go to the gym for a couple of days, I get a text message. Hey, is everything okay? Hey, where are you at? You know, everything like that. If if they see me on social media out eating cheese all the time, you know, <laughs> they're gonna send me a message. Be like, hey, yeah. let's not get too far outside of of center. That's mm-hmm. the same thing here. Like, what what my job I feel like it is is to make sure that when they come in, like maybe they just need a spotter, right? So you know, for people I'm, I can't bench a lot, but for like Justin. You know, I'm sure he lifts more just knowing that somebody's standing over him with their hands under the bar, even though they don't touch it. Right. And be like, that was all you, bro. Yep. But you've got that extra confidence. You've got that extra support. And it's the same thing when they know that I'm in their ear. I might only tell them like, just keep going or like, OK, ask him about their other kid. I might give them two or three other things to say. But that confidence of them knowing that I'm right behind them, all of a sudden they're and what it makes them do is now they stick to to the script, they follow the script, they stick to our our structure and how to get from point A to point B, And we get back to the basics. And and that's what makes it, you know, it's not so much, we don't get too much into the minutia of it is just, hey, let's get back to the basics. Let's make sure you understand you got to sell yourself before you're selling anything else. Nobody buys from people they don't like. You know so you've got to make sure the first sale that's made is you and for you guys it's like somebody came to, to sam because they know they heard from somebody else that you guys are good at what you do you are good at marketing you're good at websites you're good at lead generation whatever it is that they're requesting they already know that but they're not just going to hand it over right so i feel like it's just like we've got people that they already know they need life insurance they know they're not getting any younger they know they're 67 and uninsured for a reason but they're not just those people that are going to buy, because if I was proactively going to buy, I'm going to start calling people or I'm going to message you directly on Facebook. So these are people that are a little bit interested, but they need to be, you know, they, they need to be coddled a little bit. And so yep. it's the same thing. It's like, once they buy me, or in this case, like a lot of what you guys sell, it's because they buy you or they buy Cody. And once they buy you guys, the details aren't as important. It's, it's now they, they, no, I like, can trust you. And, and, and now they're going to move forward. So.
0: Well, that's incredible wisdom. Seriously. I mean that I'm not just, I'm not just placating you, bro. Like this is awesome. Awesome. Awesome info. Okay. Let me drill down a little bit further. You've said something to, you said two things or you've said the same thing twice that I want to get into further. You said, let's get back to the basics. Okay. Yeah. So let's just say somebody that isn't used to maybe, I know you guys work with a lot of people that, Maybe it's their first telemarketing job. Maybe it's not, but like, I know the basics, one of the basics you covered was sell yourself before anything else. But what are some of those other basics? I mean, we're talking like basics, basics re- related to talk time. Assume that we're talking to somebody that knows nothing. Like, what are those basics?
1: So, and I was just talking about this this morning with with somebody, we we tend to have, we call them neophytes, right? Like brand new, wet behind the ears, don't know anything They come in, in their first week, they just, they kill it. Yeah. The reason they kill it, and I I don't know how to explain this without having, so then they have a sophomore slump. That's what we call it. (laughs) And and the sophomore slump comes from your brain tricking you into thinking they've found a more efficient way to do something. Yep. And so the reason, back to the basics, is, is a saying we have, is when you're brand new, This is if you walked into our call center, this is what you'd see somebody has no idea what they're doing. And they're like, I need to learn everything. I need to learn everything. No, you don't. Just get on the phone. Right. So we get them on the phone. They start dialing. We got a mute button. Right. They hit mute. And they're like, James, James, James. What do I do now? And then, you know, I'm busy doing something. They unmute. Oh, really, Miss Jones. That's that's fascinating. So wait, do you use. You said you use a roux instead of okra to thicken your, your gumbo? Oh, okay. Dude, James, I'm just rambling about this with this woman. Like, please come help me. Like 17 grandkids. My goodness. How do you remember all their names? Oh, you're going to tell me all their names? Great. James, please come help me. And and what they don't realize in that moment, you laugh, but like that's the sales being made right there. <laughs> Because Ms. Jones was like, wow, this, this, this person cares. This person's talking to me. This person wants to get to know me. Now, all of a sudden, they don't need me anymore. They figured out the underwriting. They figured out the sales process. They know how to go through all that. So that genuine connection point, that's the sophomore slump a lot. So the back to the basics is, hey, Ms. Jones, yeah. Okay, Ms. Jones, I've got your information. You're bare, but yeah, okay. You want life insurance, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, you don't. Okay. Click. Got to get to the next one. Right. And, yeah. and your brain's saying, let's make this, let's, let's speed this up. Let's make this more efficient. You know, and and there's not a way to make that process more efficient. And so oftentimes if somebody is spent, you know, running the hamster wheel and they feel like they're just going around in circles, that's what we'll do is I'll go sit down there with their, and oftentimes that's what I'm telling you. Most of what I'm doing is just saying, slow down. Yeah. Right. Like don't don't try and get to the sale yet. just slow down. Let's just have a conversation. Let's get to know this person a little bit. Yep. And, and that's when I say back to the basics, that's what it is. You know, is I've still got my original script. Great and I have our scripts and it feels like it's like the paper it feels like money now. And it's covered in coffee stains and little notes all over the place. And even if I'm gonna go show somebody a day on the phone, I pull that out. It's like my security blanket, just understanding I've got little key points in there where it tells me to take a pause. It tells me to ask a question. It tells me to do all this. Cause I mean, you know me well enough, I get super worked up, I get going, I get excited and I I'll just talk through everybody, you know, and that's not going to help anyone.
0: Well, no wonder you guys are one of the top FE call centers in the country. You know, I, I really think that's something that just to speak to you guys, I've, I've spent more time, you know, with you guys than, than a lot of others you seem to have a very large interest from top to bottom, from Rory and Grant and you, and all even your leaders. You guys value the individual and value the success of the individual and do everything you can to set them up for success and give them all the tools, all the metrics. Now show up and work. And, and that's why you've got these people like Crystal who are just legends. I would put Crystal up against any F.E. salesperson in the country. There's nobody better than her, right? And if you ask them why they're successful, the first thing they do is point to the leadership structure, point to the structure, point to you guys supporting them. And so, you know, I was telling my team this morning and I was in my leader, leader director's meeting kind of talking, cause we're trying to put a heavy focus on talk time. Cause I'm seeing that correlate to business as well. Yeah. And, and, and I said, I go, you know, I go, it's, it's like, we're trying to, it's like, I tell my kids, take your vitamins. Like, I know you don't like it, but this is what you need to be doing to, to, to be healthy. Right. And then I I gave one little piece of wisdom that I thought made sense to me is that I coach my son's basketball teams. Whenever you're coaching these, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10 year olds, I had a lot of crappy coaches when I was growing up. As I started to coach my sons, I started to put the, all the coaches that I've ever had into two different categories. There was one category of coaches that did get performance out of squeezing the crap out of us and right. pushing us and calling us you know, pansies and getting on our butts and making us and just, and and they got performance out of that. And then there was the coaches that drew out that natural performance and talent and just put us in the opportunity to be more successful and drew that out instead of squeezing it out. And those are the coaches that I remember. And those are the coaches I want to play for. And those are the coaches that we won championships with. We won a lot of games with the coaches squeezing that talent out of us, but we didn't, ever respect what was going on. And we were always looking over our shoulder for the next opportunity or why it was almost like I was looking for an excuse to write that guy off. If that makes sense. Does that make sense to you, dude? Yep. So I think you guys have figured that out and you guys are to the moon. I mean, good grief. Like what you guys are accomplishing with what you guys are doing is, is second to none. I mean, You guys have such a well-oiled machine. You're seeing nothing but growth, and COVID put you guys with a rocket pack on your back. And I've just seen you guys go through adversity and crush it. So, is there any other wisdom that you have? I feel like we've covered most of everything. Is there anything I'm missing or not? Question I'm not asking that I should be. No,
1: I, I would just say, you know, and and you, I think, hit it there with the with the coaching standpoint is understanding that that you have to make like you have to find ways to make talk time cool and understanding that when it becomes like the culture thing, and, and I'll go back to the gym analogy there for a minute, you know, like this morning, you know, it's, it's classes that, that we do together. Everyone's on the same mission and everyone's after the same thing. So everyone's warming up and everyone's kind of high-fiving each other. And then as you're going through the workout, it was like a little chipper workout this morning and, and people are, you know, that we're just finished are, are cheering people on and encouraging each other. And it doesn't matter if you're the slowest or the fastest, that culture that we have at the gym, that's what gets me to go there every day. I don't feel ashamed. And and so it's just like we try and instill that here where whether you're brand new and it's your first day or you've been here for for seven years, having that same like, come on, we got this. Let's do this. Let's do it together. And, you know, somebody's getting up to take a break and it's like, no, don't don't go take a break yet. Come on. Like this is, you know, we're having a power hour. You know, we have power hours and like everybody's. And they're dialing, and so you make talk time cool. You make dialing cool, and and we're all really good friends in there, and you know that, and and, and you say that we're like one big family. But when we're here, there's not a lot of chit chat.
0: Yeah, that's to. the
1: danger: is when everyone starts to become friends, and you guys have a really close culture in there. It's easy when everyone's dialing. The hardest thing to do is to dial. The easiest thing to do is to talk to your neighbor about the last call you had, which then transitions. in did you see that fight last night, which then transitions into who do you think is going to win this weekend, which then transitions to, oh, shoot, here comes Lane and pretend like you're on the phone. Yeah. You know, and 100%. you don't want to have to have that. And you want to have enough people in there that, you know, since we're talking about Crystal if you try and chit chat with crystal, she's just going to be like, I'm, I'm on the phone. Yeah. You know? Go away. I don't, I don't have time. Like, yeah, I want to hang
0: out with you. I just not right now. Like, I yeah, got she's to like
1: do. we can go to breakfast in the morning or <laughs> like, you know, we can go to dinner on the weekends. Other than that, like I'm here and I'm trying to get stuff done, but people respect that. And so then they're like, Oh yeah, I should go do that too. And so it becomes contagious. I don't, I guess contagious is a bad word to use these days, but you know, that's, that's what it is. It's, it's contagious and so then it becomes the cool thing to do so
0: since you guys work with almost like this business owner mentality with your people i think there's a lot of people that are making 80 dollars, and that are real proud of themselves from where their peers are at and where they came from that they're just squandering their own 250 grand a year income because of these little details that they're letting slip and i think it's natural tendency for us as entrepreneurs, because i'm I'm one as well, it's a natural tendency for us to feel like we've earned a break because of our skill. We're so great. Like I've been able to my sales ability has earned. I even told myself one time, I'm like the rock star that just doesn't have to work that hard and can get away with an addiction kind of deal. Like I can I have so much talent that I can get away with being lazy two, yep. three days a week. Um, because of my talent. And 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 yeah, I was talented, but that lie held me back so much from the age of 27 to about 33. Like, I bet you I wasted in that period of time from, from 27 to 33, I bet you I wasted a, a year of work that I could have used to build for my family and build my bank account. I feel that's one of my biggest regrets as I look back at my later years, my most recent decade, is is letting myself get into a conversation with myself that I was special and I didn't need to pay attention to these things that you and I are talking about. I truly believe that.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that's a hundred percent right. Cause that's those are the people we struggle with the most, is like you said, the people that have the talent that can do it in, in two hours and still hit crazy numbers. And it's just like, oh, like if you just, if you had that aha moment of like, man, what if I did five?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Like, where you would be. You know, and, I,
1: and I say this, you know, out loud all the time. And I use this because people always, oh, crystal is crystal that, and I feel bad. It's the only person who talked about on this call. But I always <laughs> tell people, Crystals, Crystal's not a, you know, she's not a unicorn. Yep. She's not the most talented person in that room, pound for pound sales
0: wise. Yep.
1: But what she is is she's the most dedicated and she outworks every single person, every single day, day in and day out.
0: Yep. She's building her house now. I'm watching this beautiful thing come together in Florida, and I'm watching her get so proud of the cabinets and the all the stuff that she's doing because of 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 what she's done. You know, in tandem with you guys, and I know you guys. She, she gives you guys all the credit for that. I mean, and so that whole deal is is really fun to watch. And she's just humble about the whole thing, and she just is so casual. And I'm telling you, she works ridiculous hours. I know she may not always be able to do that. You know, maybe she might have a family one day, or or whatever that ends up being, but she will never regret the work ethic that she put in in the past, and all those late nights are worth it, and all those, you know, they're worth it. And I find that the only reason that you're not going to want to do that is for that immediate gratification of feeling good or a little better now by going to the pool at three o'clock on Friday. Because it's summertime now, and what do I work for if not to give myself the ability to increase my lifestyle? And these little life lies creep in, and they steal your they steal your dreams from you, man. Like you know, like you said, you've got the guy that's killing it and is proud of his twenty hour work week, ma- making ninety grand a year. Like. No, like make 180 grand working nine to five. And it's not even about the 180 grand. It's not about the money. It's not about chasing the money. It's about creating the fundamentals of a balanced and disciplined lifestyle. Cause that translates into all areas of your life, all areas of your life. And so it's not even it, like the 180 grand is, I want to be very clear. It's not about the money. It's about the money is just the scoreboard of your work ethic and discipline. And if you're casually strolling into an income that you're proud of, then Double down and freaking see what happens if you bust your butt for 24 months and look back and see if you regret those 24 months of work ethic that you just grinded. I and you will never ever ever regret that.
1: No, and, and it's funny you say that because I've gotten that a lot in my life. The uh, work life balance lecture that, that I'll get <laughs> from people. Andy Frisella had an incredible post. I think it was a couple of days ago, and a bunch of guys in, in our network shared it. You know, talking about how. Exactly what you were saying is he was like, I'm trying to go five to 10 years as hard as I can to build that life that that I want to have. And so, you know, I get that a lot of times where I'm here more now than I ever have been. I was getting picked on the other day because I, I currently don't have a car and I don't have a car because the lease was up on, on my Escalade in November. And we were about to have a kid and all this stuff. And I literally just haven't found the time to go get another car. <laughs> So I had gotten my dad a Jeep and I'm just driving that cause he doesn't leave the house that much and all that stuff and say, so I just don't have time to go figure it out right now. And like, that's yeah. just not what's motivating me. Yeah. Kudos to the guys that love cars and, and go buy one and drive it around every day and brag about on social media. I don't even have one.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, well, I'll
1: get, one. I'll get one when I have time, but like right now, like I'm taking advantage of the moment that we're in and I'm, I'm doing everything I can to to build this here as, as much as possible. So. Well,
0: and I believe, I believe too, that I truly, 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 truly believe James, that, That you, as an example, and same with guys like, you know, I'll I'll talk to Ryan Lodi and some of these guys that just have an insane work ethic and insane results because of it. Cody Askins, that dude is a freaking machine. I truly believe that, like, my kids, I am not missing things with my kids. Like, I'm not. Like, I'm working a crap load, but I'm also available for my kids. And one one of the things that I always tell so, you know, anytime my daughter is like, Hey, dad, like, I hate that you have to go to work today. Can we just hang out and whatever? And and I immediately say something along the lines of, well, I got to work hard so that you guys can, you know, have, you know, all, and I just kind of talk it out about how I got to work hard, work hard, work hard. And I'm starting to see my oldest son start to like, it's clicking with my family. I'm showing them that hard work equals the lifestyle that we've been able to, to accomplish. And I'm seeing my 11 year old make decisions and be able to connect time with money. And I I think talk is cheap and I think there was a time in my life where my son no matter what I said would have seen me take a Friday and a Monday off or come back and work from home starting at 2:30 or whatever that ends up being and I think that would have made more of a negative impact than anything else I could have done on the development of my kids understanding what I'm what we're trying to accomplish here. Does, does that make sense like yeah there's times where you're probably making the wrong move by working instead of doing something with your family or whatever. But I know you and I, we never do that. Like I'm going to be like, I know that like Friday, you know, you had something to do with your family. You had a new kiddo that had some stomach issues or whatever. I'm talking to Tammy, you know, and she's like, Hey, James is at home. Like, if your family needs you, like you're a hundred percent there, a hundred percent all the time. And you're the most giving guy in the world, but you know what? You're also the guy that's cutting the checks and buying some things for the family that maybe can't quite afford it. And you're also present. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's not one or the other. I think that criticism comes from, from lazy people and haters, man, that don't love to see you succeed.
1: No, and just to tie that together and then I won't keep you any longer, but um, you know, Rory has, has been my biggest mentor in this industry and really in my life. It's so cool to see Grant and then his brother. They always brag about how they were both huge into basketball growing up and, and into baseball, but basketball mostly. And Rory was the only parent for both of them in their four years. So there's two years apart, total six years, that didn't miss a single basketball game. Yep. And we're talking away games. So we're talking like out in Bell Glade in like three, four hours. But what he would do, and he always tells me the stories, I'd find out Grant's got a basketball game in Belle The schools apparently don't care that, and there's a basketball game at three o'clock on a Wednesday, <laughs> two and a half hours away from me, you know? Yeah. And he says, so I would then set my week up. This is how disciplined he was to where he was running appointments in Belle so that when the game started, he would have set his last appointment up for beforehand. He'd go there, he'd work, he'd try and make a sale. So he'd made money traveling to Belle Glade. And then he'd show up to the game be there the only dad that never or our only parent mom or dad that never missed a game and then they get back on the bus drive home and then he would come back to the office finish up go home and grant always says he'd come home and take his suit off and put his jacket down and he'd be shooting hoops it'd be dark out he would put a spotlight up and they'd be shooting hoops together so yeah he'd miss some family dinners but grant you watch grant brag so hard about my dad's the only parent that never missed a game And he was always there because Roy worked that hard he had the, the luxury like you said to, to buy that time and whatever was important to him and whatever was important to his family, and so now I've tried to your point, tried the same thing. And Jr. is not as as old as your kids, but Jr. just turned four, and he's still trying to understand days of the week. And so it'll be like a sat like a Sunday, and I'll it'll be you know he'll get up and he'll come downstairs and he'll go Daddy and I'm like, hey buddy, and he goes, Why aren't you at work? And I'm like, because it's Sunday, let's make breakfast. And he goes well, you need to go to work though, so that, you know, we can, you know, go to the beach or you need to go to work <laughs> or we can go to the ranch together. Like, like you said, he's correlating those two things. Yeah. Like, you need to go do that because I love going to do these things with you. So.
0: Exactly, dude, dude. I, I appreciate that about you. And, and I, I know that, uh, you know, you and I have a lot of conversations that don't need to be on video. And, and I know that you have a lot of responsibilities that your work ethic have given you the opportunity to provide for your family and extended family. And, and I, I, know there's a lot of people listening to this video that want to be in that situation as well, that, that your family, you you might be the answer, your talent and your work ethic is the answer for your family to be where they need to be. It's not all about me and my, me and mine, right? It's about what, how can I level up my family, level up my peers, level up my friends. If you're that eighty, ninety dollars guy, that should be a quarter million. Like how much more help could you be giving your family and, and your church and whoever else you want to do. So dude, this has been an almost emotional interview, James. It always is, man. I I feel like you're one of my best friends. I appreciate you so much. I think we should call it here. Is there anything else you want to kind of share with the people?
1: No, man. I just, I, I appreciate you as always. And, uh, love being on with you anytime, anytime you want me.
0: So, All right, buddy. We're, uh, we're doing our event soon. We're picking a date. We're doing a call center event at your place sometime. I know we haven't quite picked a date yet, but we're close to it.
1: Gosh, uh, I remember. It the other day so he's gonna bring some dates to you
0: guys yeah right on all right dude i appreciate you very much go kill it go go do your 35 million this year instead of 30 baby
1: that's the goal all
0: right man see ya